take your Bibles and turn with me, if you want, to Galatians 6, 1 to 5. We're in the process of getting new pew Bibles that will actually align with what you're going to see up here. Uh, But you are welcome to read along in another version because sometimes it's fun to see how other people interpret things and you get different uh, reads. Or if you have a smartphone and want to find the NRSV, please do that. We're going to read from Galatians 6, 1 to 5. Hear this word. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Lord, this morning, may these words uh, come with fresh meaning to us. Open our hearts and our eyes to what you want to uniquely say to each of us. Help us to hear your word. Your name. Amen. Well, as many of you know, uh, I took a team of our high school students with Mary Ellen, and we went down to Costa Rica, where we partnered with many free Methodist churches there. And this is my fourth trip there since 2008. And each time I get to see God growing and shaping the church there, it's very exciting. That's a whole other sermon and presentation. Also, every time I go there, there is a new adventure. Life in a developing and beautiful country such as Costa Rica is never dull. Working with Kyle and Dennis always provides new opportunities to learn. And as a native Costa Rican, uh, Dennis sees opportunities to love his people through the love of Christ and the church. His latest project has been to become a cowboy. Now, that's not his primary position, but it's just a side of what he does. So he now has a small herd for milking and breeding. And we happened to be there when he was ready to bring a bull into the mix. So five of us traveled with him, pulling a trailer over a long, narrow, and very muddy road to the pasture where the bull was to be found. So we waited at the fence while Dennis and another person named Aiken went out to the jungle to bring in the small herd with the bull. With one quick moment movement, Dennis lassoed the bull and then began to slowly lead the bull toward the trailer. Here you see a picture of this process. And then here's our own Travis Pierce who got to help pull the bull in. Now the bull got to the edge of the cart And refused to go any further. I mean, would we not expect that of a bull? What happened next, I did not expect. I saw Dennis's friend, Aiken, smacking the tail end of the bull with a stick and without progress. Suddenly, the bull lurched forward into the cart. And with a big smile on his face, Dennis said, he just bit that bull in the tail. Like... Apparently, this is standard operating procedure. Some of you may have already known this standard operating procedure, but I did not. He got the bull to move, and I really don't remember anything after that. 
Forgot to show you the picture. There, there's the bull right on the edge, right before he bit him. You know, we all carry weight in our lives. And this weight can be light and this weight can be heavy. This passage reminds us that while we must carry our own load, we don't have to walk alone. We don't need to be stubborn and man or woman up. We need people willing to bite our tail and we need to be willing to bite tails to help others move forward. So today I want to take this passage apart just for a few minutes before we have communion, lay it out on the floor and put it back together again. The one thing God is saying to us through these words today, and I'm thinking by six o'clock tonight, you'll still remember this, bite the tail of the bull. That's the one thing. Let's move forward. Verse one says that if someone is detected in a transgression, they should be restored. Well, what is a transgression? That's such a churchy word. I mean, I'm sure you have not used that word much, if any, this week, and you may not use it this next week. Well, in this context, as defined by the Greek, it's a breaking of the law, but it's not the kind of breaking of the law where you woke up this morning saying, I'm going to go sin today. I'm going to go transgress. It sounds kind of fun. In this context, it's a slip up. It's a, a sin of omission. It's a sin that I didn't intend to do. It's a temporary lapse in judgment. The second part of that verse says those who have received the Spirit should help restore the one who has slipped up. People who have received the Spirit are hopefully displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those who are not displaying the Spirit are not going to be very helpful for somebody who has transgressed. Restoring was defined in the Greek as like setting a fractured bone. You know all about that, don't you, Sarah? Or mending a net. The verb tense is actual, a continual action. It focuses on the cure, not the punishment. And how does it stay, say to restore the person? Gently. Gently. Let's call this nibbling the tail. Sometimes when we see other people sin, it's easy for us to want to give them the business. You should have seen that coming. You should have done this. Christ reminds us this could have been us. So display the fruit of the Spirit and be gentle. The last statement of this verse reminds us to take care or watch that we are not tempted. So how would we be tempted in this situation? Well, we could be tempted to believe that we are way better than the other person, and this could never happen to us. And the words take care are defined as gaze with concentration. Keep looking at that other person who has slipped up, because as I said before, it could have been you. And then we get to the key part of these words. Bear one another's burdens. The writer says that if we do this, we will fulfill the law of Christ. Or obey the law of Christ. The word law here does not mean a rule we have to follow. It points to a life principle. And that is a principle of love. If you go back to chapter 5, verse 14, it says, For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. How would we want to be treated if we sinned? If we slipped up? 
This is how Christ is calling us to treat others. The writer to the Galatians keeps bringing this back to us. It's often said, you heard this, whatever annoys you most about somebody else is likely something that, with which you struggle. I hate that. Like, oh. <laughs> Paul is reminding of this. And he says, for if those who are nothing think they are something, you are only fooling yourself. Another version says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. If we think we are so good and we are so above it all, we are only fooling ourselves. We could easily be doing the same things. So the healthy strategy here, as you saw in those words, is to test our own work. The test is defined as melting down to see what's most important, like purifying metal in a fire. The work points toward something, toward outward activities that are measurable. Test those things so that other people can see that what you are doing. You see, we want to test everybody else's work, don't we? Hey, yeah, you, uh, you, you, you. How easy it is for us to be critical of somebody else's activity. I like what the New Living Translation says. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. For then... You will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. If you hang around with me long enough, you will hear me often quote, when you compare, you always lose. We either think we're too good for somebody or we're beating ourselves up too much. It is looking at our actions and knowing that we've been faithful to God. It is there we find our reward. We're not comparing our work to someone else saying I'm better, I'm even worse. Someone, no matter how you cut it, comparing to others puts us in dangerous territory. Take care of yourself. Be faithful to God in your actions. Find your reward and identify in him. Thomas Akepa summarizes this well. If you wish to learn and appreciate something worthwhile, then love to be unknown and considered as nothing. Truly to know and despise self is the best and most perfect counsel. To think of oneself as nothing and always to think well and highly of others is the best and most perfect wisdom. Wherefore, if you see another sin openly or commit a serious crime, do not consider yourself better, for you do not know how long you can remain in good estate. All people are frail, but you must admit that none is more frail than yourself. These verses that we read today end with a simple statement. For all must carry their own loads. We all must be responsible for our own conduct. The word load here refers to the smallest individual pack a hiker or a soldier carries. Whenever I hear the word load in the Bible, I think of just kind of a beast of burden just bent way over. We're talking about a day pack here. It's a load, but we carry it with us. And it was the same word that Jesus actually used in Matthew when he says, the burden I give you is light. It's still a load. We're still responsible for carrying it and walking faithfully with God. Christ is inviting us this morning to carry our own load, but to let others bear the burden with us. 
One huge strength of our church is that we care about carrying burdens. We work hard at that, and we are never going to let go of that value. Are we perfect? No. Do we work hard? Yes. We work hard through our prayer chain, where our family can share their loads. In our times of sharing on Sunday mornings, where brothers and sisters can speak their requests and their praises with real people in real time. In our small groups, in our Bible studies, in frontline youth and FM kids classes where we get to know one another and walk together through life and in deeper friendships we form. In these ways, you can lift weights by helping lift the weights of others and unconditionally loving them in their imperfection. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, you know, I don't go to church, it's full of hypocrites. I always answer, you're right. And there are a lot of hypocrites in the world too. We're in a real church with real people. And we bear one another's burdens. We lift weights as we accept lifting our own. As we bite the bull's tail, we are bit in the tail. And we recognize that we do have a load. And that's the only the only way that Christ can make it lighter as we reach out to him and others walk with us. As we sang earlier, here we are at your feet in our brokenness complete. Today we celebrate communion, which is all about sharing the burden, the sufferings in Christ, recognizing his great sacrifice for us, Admitting that we're hopeless without his deliverance and grace in our lives and following his example to share the burdens with others. This is our common union. We are together. So, of course, as you hear every time you come on Communion Sunday, you all are invited. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church to celebrate communion. If it, is, if it is your desire to let Jesus be at the center of your life, to share burdens, to carry the burden, then this time is for you. Let's enter this together.